You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Here today, joining me, it is John Williams of Locked On Sooners. John, a busy day in Soonerland because, uh, number one, well, we have to wish everybody well. You know, obviously the situation right now in New Orleans and Mississippi is is uh, very dire with everything that's happening with Hurricane Ida. So we wish everybody there, um, you know, safety and health and wellness. Um, but as for the Oklahoma and Tulane football game, it felt like some resolution had to come here pretty soon. Obviously, Tulane had been moved out of state uh, for their practices. It felt like this game was going to be played in Norman, but we had a weird situation today where uh, Kerry Murdoch of Sooner Scoop tweets out that the game's going to be moved to Norman. And then I forget the, the AD's name, but the AD of Tulane takes umbrage to this, quote tweets it, and is like unnamed sources. And then it turns out in the very, you know, later on in the day, roughly, I guess, was it around 5 uh, p.m. Eastern time, we get news that the game is, in fact, being moved to Norman. So kind of a weird situation, right? It was just, you know, it, you, you kind of want to be on good terms with Tulane right now just because everything's going on. Maybe their AD is just a bit more, you know, on the, I, I don't know. I'm sure he's very stressed, obviously, whole situation right now. But I found it just kind of an odd situation as a whole. Yeah, everybody's got to be a little bit on edge. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are happening that are bigger than football right now. Uh, a lot of kids, I say kids, a lot of young men whose families are in the wake and in the path of this hurricane who are probably thinking of things other than their playbook as well. And you've got an athletic director who's really just trying to do right by his players. I mean, he's not necessarily – I mean, yes, they want to play football. It's – it's an important game just for the institution financially to not be able to get that as a home game. It's a, it's a bit of a disappointment and a letdown for Tulane, but ultimately he's responsible for the safety of his Mm -hmm. student athletes. And I think before making a decision, he probably wanted to have more things ironed out. He probably wanted to be able to discuss this with his, obviously I'm sure the coaching staff was probably well aware of what was going on, but he probably wanted the players to be informed of it before the media was and mm-hmm. unfortunately that's not how things always work in, right. in sports uh you know a lot of times players find out they're traded from uh, a team in the media before the the team's able to tell them and it, it's an unfortunate aspect of it and you, you can kind of see where he's coming from a little bit with some of mm-hmm. his frustration just just one more thing that he has to work through on top of everything else that that Tulane and many universities, you know, in the Southeast are, are dealing with right now. And um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, for those of us in the media, I mean, we're, we're all out there trying to, to get information and, and figure out how stories work, but sometimes, yeah, you kind of get in the crosshairs a little bit and uh, Carrie found himself uh, <laughs> breathing and <laughs> looking down the scope right. of uh, Tulane AD's, uh, uh, sniper rifle there yeah, on, on Twitter. Is, so Troy Dan and this is I just I just made sure I got it. Yeah, and and you know like 
Carrie comes on the Sirius XM show I work on. He's seems like a, I've not met him personally. Seems like a really nice guy, really energetic guy. And look, he's just trying to get the information out to the Oklahoma fan base, obviously a fan base that cares very deeply. And so this news is important to them, but I understand Troy Dannon's, you know, point of saying, look, we got all these players and our coaching staff and they, and they haven't been informed yet. And also I'm sure there's some other details they wanted ironed out as well. Right. So it's one of those important situations, but I don't blame Carrie necessarily for getting the info out there. You know what I mean? This just kind of, right. It's part of the job. It's part of what you do yeah, you know, absolutely. In, in the media, in the media side of things. Um, but I do want to pull this up just to, to kind of give some context here. So you flip that game at Tulane that I have right there in the schedule. And Oklahoma's got four home games to start off the year. They don't go on the road until October 2nd. Now, I know some people might be cynical or skeptical about whatever's happening here. And look, um, also, you know, big piece of news here is that the uh, proceeds, I believe, from the tickets, as I'm reading here from Fan Nation, uh, from SI, it's gonna go. It's gonna go to Tulane. Tulane's gonna make money off this, and I'm sure Oklahoma and ESPN and ABC are going to be doing all they can to give some money over to you know hurricane victims, all that stuff. Um, so that's good. But as it pertains to you know the school of the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, this works out really well for them because now they get a nice chance here to play four games at home and get themselves kind of on the run here, if you will, before they have to go face any road competition. It's a wild circumstance that yeah. they're going to be playing four games on the road. One of my colleagues over at Sooners Wire, Jay Atal, mentioned that in one of his pieces the, today over at Sooners Wire. And I thought, wow, that's that's shocking. Like, it's rare to see a team play four straight home game. Obviously, there's some extenuating circumstances as far as that's concerned. But it definitely it benefits the Oklahoma Sooners just as a football team in general. It's almost like they're going to get a second training camp where they'll be able to almost play these first three non-conference games like an NFL preseason, so to speak. And, uh, you know, these these three games, obviously, Oklahoma's going to be highly favored in all three mm-hmm. of them. I think they're opened as 26.5-point favorites at Bet Online. Uh, maybe, no, sorry, as 27-point favorites at Bet Online. And, yeah, this is just going to be a team that is going to be very comfortable with their surroundings over the next you know, first four weeks of the season. Obviously, when they go on the road to play Kansas State, that's going to be a huge test for them. They haven't been able to beat Chris Kleiman and Kansas State in right. each of the last two years. So they should be well-prepared and well-rested when they do go to Manhattan the first week of October. I find it really interesting that that's going to end up being their first road game. right? I mean, I, Once again, it, it is extenuating circumstances. But the fact that Kansas State – who has been the big, you know, they've, they've been the, the, the bugaboo, I guess you could say, for Oklahoma the last couple of years. And the fact that with all the circumstances that just happened, right, the offseason with, with Oklahoma leaving, I mean, I, I know Manhattan is not known as, a, um, as one of the rougher environments in the Big 12, but Bill Snyder Family Stadium is going to be – that's going to be an atmosphere, man, regardless of how well Kansas State's playing to that point because of their last couple seasons against – it's Oklahoma and because of Oklahoma leading the conference, that is going to be a really hostile atmosphere in a, in a game that you really wouldn't think would be. If you look down the line, you know, you think about all the difficult teams they got to play. Uh, that's not really the most hostile one you'd think, but that's going to be one of the rougher road environments Oklahoma sees this year. Those fans are going to be jacked up. Yeah. A chance to go three and zero against Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners, a chance to, upset the, the apple cart before it ever gets started 
I think they're going to be really, really excited to play that game, obviously. And probably the first opportunity to host a big time matchup with a full stadium. If things kind of continue as they are, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything from Kansas or even from Oklahoma as far as limited capacity uh, with COVID, but yeah, if they've got a full stadium, the Kansas state Wildcats fans are, they're going to be jumping out of not the gym, but jumping out of the stadium just with excitement, you know, to play Oklahoma and say, Hey, can, can we make it three in a row against the Sooners? And if they can, man, that you just got to admit at that point, like Chris Kleiman just got Lincoln Riley's number. Now this is going to be one of those exercise the demons type of matchups for Lincoln Riley and for Spencer Rattler, you know, the Sooners, they had that game pretty well in control last year and then let it slip away in the second half. So can they, find a way to play a complete 60 minute football game. That's going to be the huge question heading into that football game. As an OU fan, do you like the fact that's the first road game? Do you not like the fact that you got four at home? I feel like it's, I feel like as nice as one month at home is, I feel like I actually wish they were on the road before that. There's definitely a concern that you might get a little too comfortable at home. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to be challenged on the road at some point. And while Tulane isn't a, you know, top quality power five team that they're going to be playing in their first non-conference game. They're still a quality group of five team. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've had winning records and I think they went six and six last year, but they were a good coach records. not to mention really. Good yeah. Team. In each of the last or the two years prior to last year, they had winning records. And so they're a solid team. They're not, they're not any, you know, pushover. They're not Fordham or anything like that, like a FCS school. But yeah, I think there's a, a tendency or an opportunity for them to get a little too comfortable playing at, you know, Owen Field only for the first four weeks of the season. I will say, though, that I think it is good to have Kansas State as kind of the first game on the schedule on the road because you want to go ahead and get that one out of the way. Much like with Dak Prescott, you know, Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, Locked On Sooners fans know this, but in his first year, he didn't beat the New York Giants. That was the only team or one of the only teams that he actually lost to in that season. And then it was like that next year, you know, leading into the season, it was like, oh, Dak can't beat the Giants. Dak can't beat the Giants. Well, first game out of the gate, he beats the Giants. Well, he got that one out of the way. It's done. Uh, and I think that's what the Oklahoma Sooners and Lincoln Riley really need. They need to get that one out of the way early. They can say, okay, we got Kansas State taken care of. Now we can get about our business with the rest of this Big 12 schedule. There are a few things in life that are just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? I know this isn't life and death and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why you've got sweat block. Sweat block is the doctor created, doctor recommended antiperspirant that is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worry about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but Sweat Block offers you the no sweat guarantee. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. You can use Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using our promo code Locked On or at Amazon and CVS. And let me talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. You can save time and save money when you use Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer, from the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Before we get to the next part of this, I, I want to ask you, what next part of the show about the running backs, did you see some of Scott Frost's comments following Nebraska's loss against Illinois? I mean, this is like embarrassing. Yeah, man, sometimes I wish somebody would just hire me to be their PR person because I'm like, right. you just can't say stuff like that out loud. You can think it, you can admit right. it to your coaching staff, but you can't give that to the press. You cannot give that to the media after an embarrassing loss like you had against Illinois, like you just can't do it, especially when you're on the hot seat. Like mm-hmm. if you want to admit like, Hey, they had a really great game plan. We made a lot of mistakes. You know, we, we made our adjustments a little bit too late in the game, but you know, you can, you can make it sound positive in a way, but the way he said it, it was just like, Oh, we didn't really have any answers at that point. Like was out the window. It's like, have you ever made an adjustment in a football game before that you've coached? Right. I mean, this is an adjustment game. And they were so undisciplined. I mean, I'm not sure if he caught much of that game, but look, they had an interception right when the back quarterback came in that was nullified by I don't I don't love the rule, the pat the rock and the passer rule about the body weight. I'm not a huge fan of that. I thought it was a great hit. That was a really clean yeah. hit. Um on our I think it's Artur Sikowski is, is how it's pronounced. But look, at the end of the day, they let that guy dice him up. And that guy was horrible at Rutgers. And they just let him tear him apart. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you think about that. I, I don't know many Nebraska fans. I feel really bad for them, though, because that's such a proud program. Yeah. And you and I talked about it some, but, like, the embarrassment of having Scott Frost try to get out of the game and the fact that he couldn't get out of the game and the fact that now they're going to get pounded by OU, with that's a trifecta right there. So, that, yeah. you know, they tried to, they couldn't. They're going to get destroyed. I would take the last one over the other two in a heartbeat. And then you have this embarrassment this weekend. I don't know any Nebraska fans. I'm sure you might know a few. I kind of feel bad for them at this point because it's like this is really embarrassing. All of it is. It's really incredible. If you go back and look just at Nebraska's history, I mean, they had such a great run with Tom Osborne. I don't have it pulled up on on my desktop right now. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they had something like 30 or 40 seasons where they had – only they had less than nine wins, maybe like three or four times in a 40 year span, just absolutely incredible run. And then through the you know 80s, 90s and into the early 2000s, I mean, they were a 10 win machine like at will. And yeah, to, to see where they've gone and, you know, they needed to get rid of Bo Pelini. He was toxic to the program, but what they've done since then, the hires that they've made just haven't panned out. And yeah, their their time in the Big Ten has been rough to say the least. And you you think that a team like Nebraska would be able to, to get a draw because of their history, but maybe with the modern athlete, history doesn't matter anymore. And unless you can prove to a kid that he's going to be able to take the next step and get to the NFL, or now with NIL that you're going to be marketable playing for Nebraska then it's going to be hard to recruit. So I don't know really where they go from here, but I know that Scott Frost, he just isn't it. I mean, if the first few seasons of his tenure at Nebraska haven't proved it yet, the season's about to. Yeah. It's, that's the difficult part. You think about, you know, but, but the the counter to like, why can't they be good is I I think it really is Matt Campbell, right? Names. You think about what he's built there in the middle of America place. So Nebraska should be able to do it. All right. Let's talk about Oklahoma running backs. So, 
the situation for them has become, I'm not going to say dire, but it could potentially become dire. Um, you know, they lose a running back early in the season to an off-field issue. Uh, I forget which one it was involving the, the robbery. Lost two of them. I lost two of them. Two of them. Yeah, and Mikey Marcus Henderson Newton. and Mikey Henderson and Seth McGowan get right. caught up in some off-field stuff. And Seth McGowan was going to play, to my understanding, right? This guy was probably going to get some carries. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then Marcus Majors, they lose to, I believe, was academically ineligible. Is that what it was? Yep. Yep. Well, I Drake, think it was Wednesday of last week that got reported. And then Trey Bradford in one of the weirdest situations ever. It's not weird that he transfers from Oklahoma, LSU to Oklahoma and says, okay, right. I want to go back to, to LSU. The weird part was his dad just burying him on a message board. That uh, how do you, Where do you come down on that? Because that, to me, was a little upsetting. It's like, come on, you got to back your kid, right? Yeah, man. The, the learning moment can happen in private. We don't, need to, mm-hmm. we don't need to drill a kid in public on a message board. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. I, I that my dad would not have done that. That's for sure. He would have had he would have had some words for me. But yeah, that's you know I think what it says is you know the the dad tried to say something, and Trey just did what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that seems pretty evident. I think it's really really odd to me, man, because this is a guy that was talked up very positively by the guys in his running back room, you know, Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, both spoke very highly of him. DeMarco Murray spoke very highly of him as running backs coach with Marcus major being ruled out of 2021. This is, he was going to be in line for, a, you know, at least third running back carries. If an injury happens, he's going to be thrust right into the, you know, the timeshare at the top of the depth chart. And then you look ahead to 2022 and Kennedy Brooks, he's going to the NFL. Eric Gray could very well go to the NFL as well. And that would only lead that would only leave Trey Bradford, Marcus Major at the top of the depth chart. Now you got Gavin Sawchuk and Relique Brown coming in as freshmen, but again, they'll, they'll be true freshmen. Who's going to stand in Trey Bradford's way to be the lead ball carrier in 2022? And so, to me, it just seems like a, a guy, a kid who just didn't really have enough patience. And who knows? Maybe you know some of the um, the walk-ons like Jaden Knowles or Todd Hudson. Maybe they passed him on the depth chart, and he just wasn't very happy about that it's hard to know exactly what transpired with all that. And unless the, the coaching staff would be willing to say something, I don't think Lincoln Riley will give us a lot of details on, on Trey Bradford's decision and why he, he made that decision. Him. He knows it never does in anything, does he? No. And especially in one of these things, but yeah. you know, he's going to wish him well and, and say, he's just not part of the program. And that's kind of about it. Um, so yeah, it's just a really strange situation. And I know a lot of people are going to try to throw shade at DeMarco Murray for what's transpired, but I mean, really none of this, is in yeah. his control. Like he cannot know where Seth McGowan and Mikey Henderson are going to be 24 hours a day. And I guarantee he did not anticipate them going in, into somebody's apartment and allegedly assaulting somebody. I, I guarantee he did not think that that was on the it's table. It's not his job. It's not his, his job's not to be no. a babysitter. He's to coach right. running backs. And he's, you know, he was, I mean, you know, th- I think about his time in the NFL, like he was one of the more prolific running backs, you know, that we got to see. And that's why they brought him in because he's DeMarco Murray. He went to Oklahoma and he's, and think about the amount of talent that was in that running back room. I mean, isn't that his job is to break Now, you know, you are you keeping it there is part of his job, but like, you know, committing crimes, he can't once again, he can't stop. Yeah. He can't do the schoolwork for the kids. Right. Right. And, and the Trey Bradford thing seemed like a situation where LSU was just on him and on him and on him and on him and, you know, I don't know what the offer was. I'm sure there's some NIL type dealings that, you know, they can kind of swing his way. But now the running back room 
is down to two options. That's Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray showing on your screen. You see us, John. We're evolving. We've got graphics now. We're we're a we're a multi-functioning uh, show. But the thing is, it's two really great options, right? The problem is, there's nobody behind them. So, do you, if you're Lincoln Riley, do you, especially this first month where, you know, those guys might not even actually have to take a carry, and they could win the games, right? If they, if they yeah. played Jeremiah Hall at running back, they could probably win, mm-hmm. but. Do you think you almost kind of go with a pitch count approach for these guys, or do you think I, I need to? And they need to take a couple hits so they can kind of get warmed up. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that. We see now in the NFL a lot of running backs sit during preseason. They don't want to take the lumps, don't want to take the bumps, and it, it seems to work out for a lot of guys. Where do you come down on how you think Oklahoma and, and Lincoln Riley should handle that running back situation? Lincoln Riley is a bit of an old school coach. I think he, even though he's modernized his offense, runs the air raid, I think he kind of runs with a little bit of old school mentality where he's going to get guys on the field and he wants them to play and he wants them to produce in order to keep their spots on the depth chart. With Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray, I think we'll see them use their game plan until use them in the game plan until it's out of reach, you know, like in Tulane, if by the end of the first half that game is well within or well without a reach of Tulane, then he'll be able to turn to some of his backups. But he's really got to spend these first three games figuring out who's going to be his RB3, who's going to be his RB4. I mentioned Jaden Knowles. I mentioned Todd Hudson. Those are the two walk-on running backs who presumably would step in behind those guys. Again, we haven't really seen him much. Uh, you know, Todd Hudson played a little bit last year, but he only averaged like two and a half yards per carry. So what does he have for you? Jeremiah Hall kind of would be my guy to, to use as the third running back, especially in passing situations, because he's a very, very effective pass catcher, mm-hmm. uh, especially a really good blocker. I mean, he had 21 targets last year. He had five touchdowns. That's an incre- a crazily insane efficiency and scoring rate. So I would definitely get him on the field, especially in some third down situations the difficulty is how quickly can you get those games into blowout mode where you can pull Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks because you want to get them reps at the same time. You don't want to overuse them in the first three games of the season. That way you can have them for the Big 12 stretch and hopefully a college football playoff run. And it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contests open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. If you put in $100, Bet online will give you $100. You put in $500, Bet online will give you $500. So be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25. This is for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Make sure you use promo code locked on when signing up to get that 100% welcome bonus. Go to betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Now, do you think they're going to go with Hudson and Knowles and use them like third running backs? Or do you think that they're, 
they're they're not going to have as many carries as, as a as a normal as a Bradford would have, or uh, you know, as, as a majors would have, uh, as a major would have. What, what do you think they're going to do to handle those two guys who are walk-ons? Or do you think? Because here's the thing: I was actually looking today. Jeremiah Hall's only had one carry in his entire career. Yeah, uh, I believe. I think I saw on Pro Football Focus maybe it was like eight in yeah, three seasons. It was or one last like year. Excuse me, one last yeah. year. Is, yeah, it was what it was. Yeah, he's not a he's not been a big ball carrier for them. And so that's one of those that gives me pause as to kind of using him just as a traditional third running back. You know, if you put him out there in pass catching situations, then I think he's going to be very effective. I don't know, man. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how these guys perform in the first three weeks of the season. If, you know, Jaden Knowles and Todd Huston get out there and they just light it up, even if it's against, you know, second stringers or, you know, against, Western Carolina, I think it'll give Lincoln Riley some confidence that he can use those guys in bigger situations. But if they get out there and they're not really producing, they're not hitting holes, they're not using, they don't have good vision, uh, God forbid they're turning the ball over, then I think he's going to be very reluctant to throw them out there against a West Virginia or Kansas State in the early part of the Big 12 schedule. And he'll have to get a little bit more creative and use a Jeremiah Hall. You know, there's been talk about using guys that have played running back in the past. You know, Danny Stutzman, one of their, you know, uh, hot young linebackers who's a freshman this year tweeted out, man, I miss, I miss carrying the ball, no cap. And you're like, okay, okay. Maybe right. Danny Stutzman get out there and, and play some uh, Mike Allstat for you. You know, uh, he was a fullback in high school too. So, you know, maybe that's a guy that, you know, he's a young guy with as deep as they are at linebacker. You're not necessarily expecting him to take a lot of snaps on the defense this year, but maybe he's a guy that you can throw out there on offense. I don't think that they're going to use guys that are going to, figure primarily into the defensive rotation at any level because they're not going to want to have to have them learn a new position on the fly like this. But if it's a guy like Danny Stutzman, who maybe you're not relying on him to be one of your primary linebackers until 2022, then you could throw him out there maybe as a fullback or as a, you know, tailback at times and get some snaps out of him. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see so much of it's going to depend on how, you know, Knowles and Hudson perform in these first three weeks to, to help us know how the running back room is going to shake out. You know, they've got guys like, you know, Mario uh, Williams or Marvin Mims right. who they can kind of use in a CD lamb style role where, you know, it's a wide receiver, but you're going to put them in the backfield and, and use them as a tailback. I don't know in a passing situation, maybe that works out, but you're not going to want to hand those guys the ball in my opinion. So a lot of questions, that's kind of the biggest question really on my mind at this point is what do they do? if either Kennedy or Brooks or Eric Gray go down. Yeah, because my my concern is, you know, you can't really use him in almost a, a Ramondre Stevenson type way, right? Where you, against Oklahoma State last year, remember how effective he was. And they just gave him the rock, I think 30, carry, 30 touches total in that game. And that's your concern, right? If a guy's hot, you know, you want to ride him, but it's like, oh, all it takes is one ankle tweak, right? All, I guess maybe you can't coach like that, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah. it, it is – it is an interesting conundrum because those two guys are really talented, but we know if there's any injury prone position on the field, it's that position because you know what you get the ball and then 11 guys trying to tackle you and it's, yeah. um, and, and you know, you're such a focal point of it. So, well, and, and maybe we're going to see Spencer Rattler throw it 60 times a game. That's what I was thinking. To, uh, That's the Texas part, right? tech air raid, you know, like that, I think that could be really interesting. Like instead of trying to hand the ball off to, 
some guys you don't trust 10 times to milk the clock. Maybe just throw 10 bubble screens out to Marvin Mims and Mario Williams and Jaden Hazelwood. And you get those guys more touches on the outside and you just get a little bit more creative on how you kind of divvy up those typical running back handoffs. You just, you know, throw some bubble screens, throw some tight end screens to, you know, Austin Stogner. I don't, I don't know. It's time to get a little bit creative, but I wouldn't mind seeing Spencer Rattler just drop back 50 times yeah. a game and light it up. It'll be, it'll be kind of fun. I, I think the, the, the concern with that is, you know, it's, it'd be kind of an adjustment what they did last year. Cause that offense was rolling when they were able to use that play action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Cause because they had Ramondre work and he was so effective last year. Um, but I think, I think, like you said, I think they're really going to use this month and hopefully get up as many points as possible and then give those guys a ton of carries yep. against Tulane. I mean, I, I mean, I would be surprised if they can get up 28 points, you know, 30 points on Tulane and maybe even earlier against Western Carolina because you, you feel pretty good about your ability to stay away from them. Nebraska, too, in some situations that you can get those guys a ton of carries. You don't throw the ball. You just let it, let those guys work. Just give them work. Just get them work. Just get them work. Uh, Hudson and, and uh, other kids. Knowles. Yeah. Get those two kids work. I think that's the most likely scenario. And then you just kind of try to roll from there and see what you can do. And I, I would probably lo- – basically, however many carries you give a standard running back, I would split that amount of carries up between Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray just to, just to give you as much preservation as possible. And that's what they'll do. I mean, yeah. Lincoln Riley's not been shy to use a running back rotation. We saw it with Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. I mean, you had two starting running backs. And that's what he called Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks in the summer was, I've got two starting running backs. They're both going to start for me. And so I think you're going to see a pretty even timeshare, especially in, in moments where the game is still in doubt. You're going to see those guys be used pretty equally. Not They're not going to be, you know, you know, Kennedy Brooks might not get 30 carries a game, but he's going to get like 15 to 20 touches. Eric Gray will try probably get 15 to 20 touches as well. And, and I think that's the benefit of having two really, really good players like those guys. The question is what happens if one of them gets hurt? And I mean, you can't coach scare, like you mentioned, but it definitely brings a concern to the, to, to the table, but you know, their walk-ons were highly productive players in high school. Are they ready to translate that to the college level? remains to be seen all right john i appreciate you for talking uh coming on talking some ball with me where can people find you and your work yeah make sure you go check out the locked on sooners podcast over uh on twitter at locked on sooners and on facebook locked on sooners podcast all right john appreciate your time yeah man always